Hello guys and welcome back to another installment of Galley Stories, Stories of the Bering Sea and Beyond. I am your host, Mark Kaler. And today we have Captain Wes Swimilar. Wes, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing excellent, doing excellent. So um, let's just start with where were you born and what first brought you into the fishing industry? I was born in Bellingham, Washington, and my uncles brought me to the fishery. Grew up fishing salmon in Puget Sound. How old? Well, I was just a pup. Uh, I remember hauling salmon when I was seven. Yeah. And Puget Sound was good back then. That was a long time ago. In the late 60s and the early 70s. And then we just started migrating up to Alaska. Or I should say they did. I was too young. And uh, by the time I was 14 and stuff, I was hooked and... Went salmon fishing up in Southeast and kept hearing about these crab guys. And so when I was 16, I went to Dutch Harbor and or I got on the Bountiful down here. That's right. I got on the Bountiful down here when the Bountiful was new. At 16? I was 17 when I got on the Bountiful. Okay. And, uh. Stayed up there ever since. Just retired last year from crab fishing, and 41 years later, that's it. Yeah. 41 years. Yeah. What was the first boat you were on up there, besides the Bountiful? I mean, your first, when you were doing the Puget Sound fishery. Well, my uncle had the Saratoga Pass, and the Paradise was his big saner. The Saratoga Pass was a little dragger, and he used to drag around out in front of Bellingham, and in the straits and just for salmon or other species no he bought him fish and all that yeah he bought him fish that was his little dragger it was nothing it was a uh remember the size of old boat i want to say maybe maybe 40 feet wooden wooden boat piece of shit (laughs) but it ran and he loved it you know that was your uncle that was my Uncle Ed. Was your dad in the fishery at all? No, nope, my dad wasn't in the fishery. No, he didn't come. He worked for me after he retired. Uh, uh, he cooked for us on the, well, that would have been the Far West Leader, and then he went to the Barber J with me. And then Chuck asked me if he could use him for a week on the Annandale, and I never saw him again. <laughs> that was it? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Never gave him back. Never let Bart or Chuck borrow anything. They never give it back. It's just a, it's a permanent <laughs> loan. So 41 years up there. Uh, so the first experience on the Bountiful. That, that boat had probably a crew of what, 20 on there? Or? Well, I want to say there was probably closer to 30. I think we had a crew of 22 processors and fishermen. And that was the first crabber processor. In no, Billiken. Bill, or Billiken. Okay, same format, though, right? Yes. Can you explain the process a little bit of uh, the operation of that vessel? Uh, catch and process. And, and so you, how Do many all guys the fishing, on deck? All the catching, all the processing on, on the boat, and deliver frozen product right off the boat. And what, what was your duty on there? I started out as a processor in the freezers, uh, stacking boxes. And then started helping out on deck a lot in my spare time. And then I finally got a share spot, you know, greenhorn spot. And then I just did all the greenhorn 
stuff. Baiting and yeah, and Paul James and Steve Ubilar and all they were not nice people. <laughs> Good guys, I love to death. Now, hold on, there's a reason they're not nice people. There's got to be a little bit of a story there. It was pretty uh, rawhide. I mean, this was their early seventies. The, their their teaching methods were a little uh, rough. Let's just say that. Okay. You know, but Did, they, you know, they just want you to do it right, and I can understand that. Just kind of followed suit throughout the years. You know, you kind of. Might get a little frustrated with guys that aren't picking it up, but Did I don't know. I always seem to pick it up, and I didn't have any problem pulling my own weight and, you know, well, work your ass off. Clearly, because eventually you made it to the wheelhouse. And so th that experience of learning that way, did you pass that on, too, to the guys that were starting with you? Probably when I was younger. Yeah? It's probably kind of an ass when I was younger. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you grow out of that, and you, and you learn that, Maybe a little, a little gentler approach will get things done. A little less yelling, a little more. Show them how to do it right, mm -hmm. you know. But I always had my eye. Now, when I was on the Bentonville, I always had my eye on Bart Eaton on the Amatuli. That was a big time highliner back then. The boat you wanted to be on. So every time I saw that guy or I got near him, I'd ask him for a job or tell him, "I'm, I'm working for you. I'm going to work for you." I think after about two or three years, he finally just said, get your, get your shit and throw it on the boat. And I was just elated, you know. Yeah. That, that was the boat for a number of years. Long time. Long time, yeah. And a long time after that, too. I was on the Amatuli for 13 years. And uh, then I started run, uh, relief skippering it in Bristol Bay and, you know, go pick up the gear all those shit duties, but that's how, how you did it back then, you know. At that time, for those 13 years, was Bart the captain? No, no, no. Pete Liskey was the captain for a long time. Pete was Bart's right-hand man when I got on the boat, and uh, if I remember, I don't know, Bart was around for about four or five years after that, but you gotta remember, there wasn't any crab. It was tough duty. You crab fish so you didn't lose your tender job. Oh, okay. You know, we'd crab fish for months, and, and and it wasn't good. We were just scratching. It was just scratching. It was a living. It was good living, you know. Uh, thank God I was young. I don't think I would ever do that now, but it, it was scratch fishing. There wasn't hardly any crab, and I think it just killed the old man, you know. He, he was always used to going out and killing crab. We go out and scratch and scratch and scratch. It was nothing to be on single digit average all season. Oh. Three, four, five, eight, you know. Now for months. This was again, are we talking still in the seventies? Oh yeah, this is all in the seventies. And you guys yeah, were still yeah, doing yeah. blue crab. Seventy eight, and... seventy nine, yeah. Yeah. I remember one season in the Privilof, Privilof Blue Crab. Uh we put in sixteen thousand pounds, we were a high boat. You know? Yeah. And that was the beginning of the end for Bart. And he was getting offers to work in the office and all that. You oh, know? yeah. I think Chuck wanted him in the office, and, and uh, they'd been talking about that. And then he turned the boat over to Pete. And we'd start, and Apelio fishing was just starting to get its roots. Out then, you could just go right out in front of town, you know, maybe uh, 
just go right out to the edge and load your boat with the Pelios. Nobody That's snow crab. Nobody knew where they were. Yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody even knew what they were. They always knew what Barrett I was, and uh, I shouldn't say they didn't know what they were. It's just, is there a market for this crab? You know, they're 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 actually Barrett Eye's my favorite crab. Oh, by far. But then snow crab is my second. I know. I agree. I agree. It's the best crab you can eat. Yeah, no doubt. This is coming from a, a king crab fisherman for forty-one years here, guys. So. And then a. Uh, and then I would place Dungeness as, as third. And yeah, king crab's my least favorite crab to eat. Is it but big? it's delicious, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. great. But, yeah, you can't beat Baradye. Yeah, man. That's good stuff. Can you explain the difference between a Baradye and an Opelio? It's bigger. They're it's both tanner crab. Both considered tanner crab. Bigger. And I don't know why the meat's sweeter. Well, you've eaten it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? It's my and favorite. I think a lot of people would agree that... Uh, you just can't beat it. You know, you get a big old plate of Barrett Eye, man. Oh, yeah, good stuff. You don't even need butter. Uh, it's, no, it speaks for itself. Yeah. So, I think. I think. Other, uh, yeah, it's just, and they do live in separate areas, but they'll butt up against each other, and they will mix. You know, you'll pull pots with, you know, a lot of Opie's and Barrett Eye mix, but when you're on clean Barrett Eye fishing. I'd have to say in the 90s, boy, we used to have some good bear eye fishing. Holy cow. When that market first opened, how was the price for it? Because it was still kind of a new species, right? A Pelio? Yeah. Quarter a pound. Oh, man. But market was little. I'd buy just, all that right oh, now. Oh, God. It was just open up the doors on the pot and just dump them in the tank. They're just stuff full. Oh. Stuff full, and it continued that way for a long time. So the prior to that, were, awesome. you, were you pulling some and then just throwing them back in the water? No, not really. We never even really targeted them. The Baradite grounds were all slime banks, you know, up the slime banks, uh, AMAC. And then, of course, we could fish east of there then, too. And, uh, you know, we'd just get on them. And then it was just closed, bud. There was no fishing. No king crab. No, There was no crab fishing. For how long? I shouldn't say there was no crab fishing because there was opies. Opies replaced Took all that. Took over the market. But as far yeah. as no fishing, no fishing bear eye, no king crab, nothing. Closed. We still have uh, times when we can't do bear eye. Bear eye this year is all western. And yep. what is it? Two million pounds or something? It's yeah, not it's much pretty... of a quota. I might be mistaken, but it's not much of a quota. I don't know how I'm going to get any of that with you retire, retired now. Well, we'll figure something out. Uh, <laughs> I'm working so on that. 40, 40, 41 <laughs> years up there, west. Do you remember the first time you were scared? The first time, not the biggest time, but the first uh, time. Scared. When I bought the Far West Leader... Chuck and I bought the Far West Leader. It was only 90 foot, and uh, we brought it to Everett. After we ran it for a couple of years, and Opie was really good, we were filling the boat up too fast. And uh, we decided we were going to stretch it and put another tank in it. Mm -hmm. And that all went well in Everett. We did that in Everett, cut the boat in half and put a tank in it, and that all went really well, but uh, we had undersized pumps in it. And by that, I mean uh, pumps for circulation in the tanks. And the first time I took the boat up to uh, Akutan, 
and loaded up with pots and we're heading out up to the Pribilofs and it was shitty. And we were making ice and that new tank flooded. And Billy Cloud was with me back then. And uh, we damn near sunk the boat. We had her we had her rolled up, we had it about 40, 40 degrees. The whole deck was full of water. I walked up to the fort peak and I was in up to my chest in water. Oh. On deck. On the deck. Yeah. Boats going down. And you I got and I gotta hand it to Billy. He figured it out, man. He got that boat pumped out. Uh Bobby was running the Billiken. Bobby turned around and came right beside me. The Wolstead was there, which is a fish and game boat back then. And he came right beside me. And we literally kind of just jogged up to St. George. And I dumped the top layer off the boat, put about 30 pots in the water, anchored up, and we got it all. We, we fixed it right there on anchor in St. George. It never had a problem again. What but the? I was scared then. I had my father-in-law on the boat, uh, my wife's husband, John. Your wife's husband? My <laughs> father, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, you know, he was just clueless, farm boy, you know. And I'm screaming at him, put your survival suit on. We're going, you know, we're going down. Oh, you, you were at that point then. Your oh, we were was, going down. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, uh, oh, yeah, we had the life raft. Did you ready. Mayday? Oh yeah, I made it. Yeah, and like I say, Bobby was uh, Bobby was running the Billiken back then, and I don't know, he was an hour in front of me or something, eight nine miles in front of me. Bobby turned around and and uh, I got a hold of Bobby and he started steaming for me, and the Wallstead was only, uh, you know, just a couple miles away, and he called me back on sixteen and said, "I got you, Wes. I'm right behind you." Did they have the emergency pumps that we have currently at no, that time, or no? We weren't carrying those around anymore. They we weren't carrying those. We weren't carrying those then. So how do you got to realize, Mark? You would have not. You wouldn't have been able to get to that tank anyway. It was unless you started cutting web, and we've done stuff like that before, man. You get out the uh, knives and just cut your way right into a tank. You know, even cutting torches, cutting bars, and and slashing web out of your way. You know, we got a we got a serious problem. Yeah. So, uh, well, you had pots on on board too. That's so what I'm getting at. You, you know, covered. everything's covered in pots. So what what caused the water to come in anyway, and how did how did the cloud fix it? You know, that's a good question. Check valve. I don't think we had a check. I don't think we'd installed a check valve, if I remember correctly. So it was just filling that tank up slowly and slowly as we were cruising from Akatan to St. George, right? And St. George is not a place you want to be in trouble at. No, no. We call it the Bermuda Triangle up there, you know. Shit happens up there. And as we all well know, you know, recent disasters up there. But um, Oh, the destination was like two miles off there, right? Jeff was right there, yep. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I believe it was check valve. We just couldn't, we just flooded the tank. How did he get it out? We pumped it out. You got it going. Yeah. You got it going. We pumped it out. The boat righted itself. Everything was fine. That Far West Leader, tough old boat, I'll tell you that. She still is. Yep. Yeah. It's a good boat. She's a good boat. Um, Your former mate, uh, Frank Lupax, has been running that here recently. Yeah. He's, for He's a good man. Year. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he ran it all summer. Yep. Got it all fixed when up. He, when he first got on there, his, his reaction was, oh, my God, I don't know. And then... 
He came back and he said, I love this boat. This oh. is a great platform. Oh, it's a great, great sea boat. It was even better, believe it or not, when it was a 90-footer. We could haul in any weather, just sit like a duck. Any weather. The whole fleet would be jogging. And we'd just be pulling by, just go up there and pull apart. But you she know, just wasn't quicker. holding enough. We made 22 trips, I think my first Apelio season, on that boat. It only hold. It only held 100,000 pounds, and I don't think we ever moved a pot. I'd drive in, unload. Bill Osborne would get me unloaded on the Sea Alaska. I'd turn around, drive out, and fill the boat. Turn around, go back to town. And that's just fill the boat up. You were holding 100,000. That's it. And what's she hold now? Nah, buck 40. We put a 40,000 pound tank in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can stuff them. You know, you can get a buck fifty in it. I think. When when you were when you first started Opelio on there, then what was the quota like? Wide open, just, two, just 200, 300 million, three hundred forty million pounds. Just get them things, right? Just get them, yeah. And how long was your season then? Well, we'd start in January, like we still do now, and April. Get done in April, May. I remember months. still fishing. Oh, hell, we'd fish even later than that. Because they would close Eastern Opie's and Western was open, meaning, what was it, 57 and above? Now, I might be wrong on that. 57 degrees and above. And we'd go way the hell out there and fish. You'd be fishing in the summertime. Most of the time, we had to quit Opie fishing to go fulfill our tender contracts. So you were still... You, and we were done with it by then anyway. Everybody was, you know... The grind is, yeah, real. Knuckles dragging on the deck. Boys had enough. Yeah. But um, it was a good gig, and it saved our asses back then, boy. At a quarter of a pound. Well, yeah, 40 cents, 50 cents. I know we were related when we started getting 50 cents a pound. That was a big day. Big... Yeah. Big deal, big deal. And we were, you know, we were doing well. So what moved you in the wheelhouse? You said you were started to do this, the uh, relief captain in the bay. Oh, I think from the first day I ever stepped on a crab boat, I knew I wanted to be up there. Yeah. 70, degree, 70 degrees and clear up there. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much wind. The hell with this stuff down here, man. You got pots <laughs> flying. Dangerous out here. <laughs> so what was, the first, uh, what was the first captain experience then, besides the relief captain in the bay? When did you get the keys to run off with, for crab? Vic called me and asked me. This I is, was running the Winter Bay, or no, uh, Winter Hawk. Yeah, I was running the Winter Hawk for Glenn. What and, company was that? Uh, just a private owner. Just, yeah. a, just a private owner, yeah. I was running that in the, I was tendering that in Bristol Bay. And Glenn said, you can have the boat for up, uh, upcoming Apelio season. And, of course, I was really excited. Then Vic called me. Shivert. Vic Shivert called me and asked me if I wanted to take over the Far West Leader. And I was elated. You know, I was just, yes, I do. Didn't you own, didn't you own part of the boat at that time? Or Not you the first year. No, no. Okay, right. And then. And that was a Trident boat. Yeah. Yes, it was. And then a year later, Chuck ended up selling me half. I had an opportunity to buy into Elisa Jean that was being built at Giddings in Oregon. 
and I was going to do that. And uh, uh, that's when I got the offer to buy into the Far West Leader and stay. Did they, not go anywhere. Was that because we were losing all our young guys? Was had, that the offer? Were they like, "Oh, he's going to build his own boat, but let's try to keep him and sell him part of this boat"? Is that how they? Something to that effect, yeah. Because we'd lost Kale. Kale gone off and done his own stuff. We had quite a crew on the Amatuli back then. All those guys came to become their own skippers, own boat owners. All those guys did. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was the Highliner. It was the they, they they were banking that money. Well, Pete taught us. You know, we were. It was quite a crew, and all those guys—they still own their. A lot of them still own their own boats today, and a lot of them have retired like me and, and gotten out of. Well, it. you still own a boat too. Yeah. Uh, um, but let's get back to that uh, first captain. So he, they offered you the Far West Leader. You get the keys. Oh boy. Down here in Seattle, get it all rigged up, and of course you're your own worst enemy. You know, 22 years old and. Good God. Look out. Look out. Here I come. So, and of course, we, you know, sail across the Gulf of Alaska, full load of brand new pots on the boat, all new. New paint, looking Got, good. Gathered up all my buddies that I'd fished with for years and really put a good crew together. And we stayed together for a long time 23, 25 years before I started losing even the first ones. And, uh, and a couple of the guys, you know, we stayed together till the end. Tommy and I were together till the end. 36 years, Tommy yeah. and I fished together. Longer than marriages. The wives? <laughs> no, that's longer than some marriages. Oh, gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Billy went on uh, dragging and... You know, they, most of them all stayed in the fishing industry. Kind of that being on deck forever, man. You once gotta, you get bit, though, you kind of you're stuck in it, right? I mean, until something breaks, stuck. or you just you can't get used to the time off and the, uh, you know, you make good money when you fish, and yeah, it, it, it's a lifestyle. That's what it is, well, and, and that's those... what I've always enjoyed about fishing. It's a lifestyle. I love the guys. The only thing I miss about not going crab fishing is seeing my buds, but I see them in Bristol Bay when I go up to do my salmon fishing, which that, I still do. That's I, just it. It's, it becomes a family. Yeah. I bet you could call on any one of those guys and be like, hey, I got a problem. You know, all uh, hands on deck. Without you know. a doubt. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of, you hear that a lot from guys that join the military too. They, they enjoy the, the relationships more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that that was the first time that you were scared. Was it also the scaredest you've been, or has there been another time when you just thought that was it? I would have to say that's the scaredest I've ever been. And you were, uh, you were 22 at that time, right? I thought we were going to sink the boat. Yeah. And I was scared when we burnt the Amatuli. We had a big boat fire on the Amatuli and burned that thing basically to the ground. Uh, Where were you at when that happened? Pete was around the boat. We were out... We were out Opie fishing, and uh, we were just topping off the boat. Everything was great. Beautiful sunny day, right? We're filling the boat up. The tanks, we were a couple hours away from being done. Pete wanted to get a few more strings pulled, stuff stuff the tanks, which was, you know, standard stuff. Let's stuff the tanks and go to town. And I'll never forget, he comes running out of the house, and there was still smoke coming out of his hair. He's going, we're on fire. 
We were out all, all out on deck. We didn't know. That's like the scariest thing on a boat, too. Yeah. I mean, all the water around you, but... Yeah. And it's funny, you know. Uh, so we plugged all the uh, air vents that we could, all that. We had, I mean, we had the sense to do that. Dave Wilson on the destination. He just got the destination. That was the old Compass Rose. And... Uh, he came over and got us. We jumped in the life raft. No big deal. Dave was right there, right? And we floated over to the destination. So you all got off And the, watched it burn. Oh, it was on fire, Mark. Wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that boat was burning. And we didn't, you know, we thought, okay, fuel tanks are going to blow. This is going to, you know, this is going to get bad. Right. But and everybody was off the boat. Everybody, everybody was off the boat then. And uh, so we're... Jogging on the boat, watching it burn, waiting for the Coast Guard. Pete got a mayday off and all that. Of course, Dave came over and picked us up. So we're on Dave's boat, and uh, we can see that we forgot one of the vents on top of the wheelhouse. And Pete goes, Wes, let's go back over there and plug that. Thinking you'd smother the fire, right? And of right? course I said yes, man, but in my mind I was saying, hell no. But your thought process is plug the fire, it can't breathe, it'll go out. Try and get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So you and go we did. back. We went back over there. We went back over there, and uh, of course, the generators and everything had quit by then. The tanks were full of crab. Um, and the C one thirty Coast Guard comes over and drops the pumps to fight the fire. Okay. Okay. Dave Wilson picks the pumps up. Drops them off on the Amatuli, and Pete and I start circling the crab with the pumps. The hell with the fire! <laughs> it was already too save, far gone. Save the crab. The hell with the fire, man! Let that shit burn like cordwood, man. <laughs> you know? Oh shit! Yeah, and we saved every pound of that crab. The Coast Guard towed <laughs> us into Accutan, and uh, right to the dock under the pump. right to the dock, right under the chute. Scott on the Arctic Lady tied up and let us use his crane, and that was that. We unloaded the crab, and it's, then it's funny you go that direction because when Bart was on here, he talked about he had he had found a a, 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 a gillnet boat that was on its own drifted on the beach and engine oh, still that, running and that Russian boat, yeah, the Russian boat. Oh yeah, and his first thought was. Well, not his first thought. Obviously, his first thought was for the crew and whatnot. But then it was full of fish. Yeah. And he's like, we better save this fish. You know? Yeah. And it's just funny that how was a tragedy. thinks that way. That yeah, was a tragedy, yeah. man. That wasn't good. Yeah. That's when Bart hurt his back jumping out of the helicopter. He was never the he same. He jumped down on the deck. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I love that man. I tell you. He's my best friend. Yeah. He's, he's something else. Yeah. He is something else. Yeah, I love Well, while we're on him, because he listens to every episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. What story do we have from Bart? What story do you have of Bart? Oh, some of my favorite stories are... Uh, He's grinning right now. He was, uh, you know, the book of Bart. Black Bart, that's what they called him. And he was like, to me, he was like sports figures to most kids. When he was walking down, that Willie was like Mays. Willie Mays walking down the dock, right? I was going to work for that guy. You haven't listened to many of these, right? Because there's been like two people say that he was like the all-star, the Willie Mays, the dude. Babe Ruth. The... He, 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 was, he was good. And he was fair and nice and... Genuine. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. He could be a bastard. Well, when let's he, get one of those stories. When he was pissed, he was pissed. 
but we had a lot of good times. I don't know what stories I could tell. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of, uh, uh, of course, a lot of it doesn't have to do with crab fishing because uh, we were mainly tendering back then. There was no crab. I'm telling you, there was no crab. It was it was no picnic. Tendering was a big deal for him to make his payments on his boat and support his family and everything else, you know. It was a mm -hmm. big deal. But, boy, back in the herring days, that was we really had a lot of fun on that boat. And we really packed herring. We didn't care if we were pumping rocks out fucking uh, uh, oars out of skiffs or anything. We'd pump it all and sell every damn pound. We didn't care. Bart always said, I don't care if I'm pumping rocks. Sell that shit. But, boy, we had a lot of fun. And uh, we had a lot, a lot of fun nights. And I'll just kind of leave it at that. Oh, no. We no had... let's, let's get one of these. Because you, you were of the age... Before now, all modernization, there's all drug tests and alcohol tests. And, you know, our boats have changed a lot. There's yes, a lot of have. restrictions. Yes, but back have. when you started, it was still in that kind of heyday. It, when you got the paycheck and maybe maybe, maybe some things you, you get, cocaine and some, some who knows what. But, oh, yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. To all the above. All of it. All of it. We were in Cordova one time, and this will make Bart laugh if he listens to this. This is hilarious. Okay. It was kale. Myself, and I really don't remember who else was there. We were in, uh, we were waiting for the herring to show up, and we're in the harbor in Cordova. And there's snow all over the ground and all that. And so we go uptown and rip it up, Kale and I do. And of course, we caught a few fish at the bar there. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, anyway, Taking the fish We've back to the boat. all night. No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, we went to their house and uh, anyway, their boyfriends were out uh, dungy fishing or something. Uh -oh. Okay. Uh oh. All right. All right. I shouldn't tell this. Yeah, this we're already on bad. the roll. Let's go. This is bad. Well, it's not bad. It's funny. Anyway. So we hear there until actually he's at the front door, right? So we jump out the windows of the house, Kale and I, and the girls came with us. But they didn't have any shoes on. And this is a, this is a true story. So we run down to the harbor, and of course we're just leaving footprints all the way to the Amatuli, right? Bare footprints. Bart and Chuck are in the galley of the Amatuli having coffee. We jump over the rail, run in our rooms, and that's the... Thinking, okay, we're good, right? Well, this big guy, Al was his name. Weird Al, he called him. That was that was the gal's boyfriend. Following the footprints down to the Amatuli. Following the footprints right down. Well, we just left a trail, was man. You didn't need to be something? any Indian to figure out this trail, let me tell you. Huh? Was there snow on the ground? Is that what Oh, yeah, there was snow on the ground. Okay. Oh, shoot. So what oh, happened yeah, then? he came knocking on the... Bart and Chuck handled it. We never went outside. We were too chicken. <laughs> Do you have any idea what they said? I think Bart told him to get the fuck out of here. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, you ain't, you ain't coming on this boat. Yeah, you ain't coming on this boat. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he came in and they were <laughs> laughing and Bart was chewing our asses for being late, you know, and... Uh, uh, that's one of the stories. And there's many, many, many more. It went on like that for years.
The good old days, right? The good old days. The good old days. It went on like that for years. I'll tell you another story. We were in Dutch Harbor, you know, and Bart hates spending money. That's why still I still hate spending that's money. That's why I got it in my DNA. It's been inbred in me since I was 17, right? We don't spend any money. So he forks over a bunch of money and buys a bunch of new lines, shots for the crab pots, right? Crab's coming back. And we get him up in Dutch Harbor. Jerry Kennedy's tied up next to us. I forget the name of Jerry's boat. It was red. It was a bender. Anyway, Bart and Jerry are bullshitting, and Kale and I are out burning line. You burn the end so they don't fray. Sure. Okay. We're out there burning line, and we're throwing them behind us, if this makes sense. It's like you and I sitting here, and we're throwing the shots behind us. Just burning off Everything's a in bit. front of us, right? Yep. So we're burning line, and we're throwing it behind us, and Bart's standing right over here, bullshitting with Jerry, and we set that whole fucking pile of line on fire. All brand, brand new. new. On deck. The Amatuli. I thought the old man was going to shit a crab pot. He was so pissed at us. I don't think he talked to us for a week. But so we put that out with snow and the deck hose and all kinds of shit. Bart's having Trying to pee yeah, on it. <laughs> yeah, basically peeing on it. But we got it out. We saved a lot of that. That was that was a funny day. That was that was a good day and. Uh, Maybe not for Bart, certainly not financially, but uh, <laughs> we just did shit like that. I mean, that's just the way it was. Do you have a day that really sticks out as being your favorite day up there? I know it'd be really hard. My to do favorite day, I would have to say when my dad was on the boat. When my dad and I fished together, because I really didn't know. I shouldn't say I didn't know him. I mean, I know who he was. We didn't spend much time together as... When I was young, sounds like you he ran was a bad. He was a really, really bad alcoholic, and don't get me wrong, he quit. He was a terrible alcoholic, and uh, but he quit drinking. I think he was dry for thirty years when he died, and he was a big help to a lot of guys, a lot of fishermen up there. They came over to the boat all the time and talked to Dad. And, you know, he had AA meetings in Accutan and helped. You know, he was they a, a lot of people came and talked to him. And uh, he really changed. You know, he wasn't judgmental. He was always calm, always calm. What'd your dad do for a living? Because you said he, he was wasn't in the food in the... industry for years and years and years. Yeah, he ran hospitals and uh, uh, now the food service and hospitals, colleges, um, and stuff. Food service. So That's that brought great. him into cooking for you. And that so yeah, he was your a best great e- cook. Your best experience was having your dad on the boat with you. Yeah, I'd come down in the morning and there'd be. We'd be tied up in Akatan or Dutch Harbor. It didn't matter where we were tied up. And he's got the full coffee shop going, you know. <laughs> what and would he's you got like? the cake and the donuts that he'd been up making since 3 o'clock in the morning because he knew the boys were going to come over and bullshit and have coffee and cake and all that, sh- you know. And me being as tight and don't want to spend any money. You know, I was, what the hell's going on down here? He's down there all my money. making pancakes. and But they loved him. They, they really had a good time. And. You know, filling up the filling up topping off the boats or big high line seasons, you know, and and uh You had a lot of those though. We did really well. Yeah, we were fortunate, just lucky, just, I guess. I'll, quickly though, I want to cover from the Far West Leader to the Barber J, because you ran the Barber J for a long, long time. time. 
Yeah. How was that movie? How did that happen? I always had uh, my eye on the Barber J. The uh, when we burned the Amatuli, because you burned it. Yeah. It was we burned. burned it. Yeah. And Foss towed it down. I think it was Foss towed it down to Seattle to be repaired. And the crab season was still going on, and there was no work for us to do on the bolt market. It was just it was, get yeah, out of the way. Yeah. Just right, yeah. Get it's out. Burnt. Of the way. Yeah. I flew back to Accutan. This is a funny story. I flew back to Accutan and stayed with Daryl Pelkey up there and was looking for a job because I want, and I got on the Barber J. And I fished on there for the rest of that season. Who was running it? Mike, well, Don Trimberger, the owner, was running it for a while. And then Mike, oh gosh, I forget his name. He was a squirrely fucker. Uh, We'll anyway, just leave it at Mike. squirrely fucker. Yeah, okay. Mike. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He was running the boat. But I didn't buy it for years. I didn't buy into it for years later. Um, and this is before I had the Far West. I was still a deckhand. But I always had my eye on that boat. And um, I wanted a bigger boat because I was filling the Far West leader up way too quick. I wanted to hold more power. You always want more, right? Yeah, yeah. Until you get older and you realize that's all bullshit. Grass is greener and all yeah. that, yeah. All grass is greener, all that bullshit. I want to be a big boat owner and yeah, 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 you know. And uh, I had the opportunity to buy a gentleman out of uh, the Barber J and Steve Oakland and Chuck thought it was a good idea. So we did it. We? You say we? Chuck and I bought the boat. Chuck already owned half the boat. Of the Barber J. Yes, 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 yes. And I just bought those two partners out. And I started running that boat. And Why didn't he just buy them out? Or was this back at a time when... Oh, he could have been. A, you know that. I wanted to. And he just helped, yeah, just let... And I kind of... Uh, you know, I was kind of on a roll with me and my crew. I... You're all there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we got that boat and... Because uh, for me, that's to your boat of retirement. That's the one you ran up until the end. Yes. Yeah. It's the only boat. Uh, that boat is just badass. It's safe. It's big. It's, it's comfortable. Big. It's big. For 110 foot, that's a big boat. No, it, she looks big. She yeah. looks like she travels well. She does. Fast. Um, but anyway, that's that's how I got into that. Bought Paul Christensen out and uh, started running that boat. I forget who started running the Amateur. Billy ran the Far West Leader for a couple of years. And then Greg was running the Shaman for Dan Matson. And I got Greg away from the Shaman and he started running the Far West Leader. And, and he ran that for years. Still is. How long has it been? He did a good job for me. You know, he did a good job. How long has it been? He's been on that boat for... Oh, God. I don't know. The years just mix into well, each other. Well, he did that deadliest catch season one and two on that boat, too, right? Or something like that? Season yeah, one. Or... Yeah, yeah. They were on the... They came down... Deadliest catch came down to the yard. Jimmy had him. Jimmy Mack brought him down to the old yard, and they came down to the Barber J and the Far West Leader, and Greg was kind of into it, and I wasn't into it. You're not that I guy. A, I, I'm not that guy. I'm not. Which that guy. I'll I'll support that because I've been trying to get him on here for thirty episodes now, and finally I got him at seven o'clock in the morning, guys. 
I, I'm just not that guy. I had to get him with coffee and not alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I I just uh, not that guy. But um, maybe I should have been. But that's all right. You'd have been a character on there for sure. Absolutely for sure. Well, I would have enjoyed it. But uh, uh, anyway, that's the way it worked out, Mark. That's the way it worked out. And I ran that boat for years, and I was happy to run it, proud to run it, and we did. Good. We had big, big seasons on that boat, and at some point you sold it off. The rest of your shares to try to. Right? Well, that's when it went IFQ. The fisheries went IFQ, and um, I'd been talking to Larry Carter at a Pitka, and I wanted to fish their quota. I knew that you needed to get in with the CDQ groups, or I always thought that was a good move. Yeah. And Bristol Bay Bureau and uh, some of the other guys were pretty much sewn up. There was guys getting in on that. And I had an opportunity to get in with a Pitka, and I did. And sold them a portion of the boat to fish their quotas. Got you. And that worked out great for years and years. And uh, um, then I had an opportunity to sell my shares in the boat. And uh, I knew that I didn't want to do it forever. Your just, son's fishing too, though. Now, yeah, he's up there right now on the Billiken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so this just, is a family tradition. They just flew up. He just flew up, and he's fishing crab on the Billiken this year, and with red and quota uh, looks good on on Opie's this year. Looks better. They'll have a season. Yeah, on I mean, Opie's, but yep. not not really on Kings. They're going to scratch that out real quick. Hopefully, the price will reflect. They'll get a good price, and they'll make some a decent paycheck. You know. So over. We're, we're pushing time here, but I want to ask you, what what would you suggest to young guys trying to get in now? How, how would they start? Work hard. It's very, very hard to get a good crew. I don't know what's going on, and it's not just the fishing industry, and I don't want to. It's in every industry. The machinists, the hydraulic guys that we grew up with, the, uh, the mechanics and all that. Don't these young guys realize these are great jobs? Yeah, yeah. Put down the fucking computer and go to work like we did. Yeah, grind it. This sense of, uh, I don't want to get off on this, this sense of entitlement <laughs> pisses me off, man. Yeah, it's it's true, though. It's true. You know, it, it, it it's sad. But I don't want, that's a whole nother, I don't want to get on my soapbox. We'd have to have a whole nother hour. I know. Is is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap this up? Fishing's been good to me. I wouldn't change my life for the world. And uh, How's mama handled it? Thank God for a good woman. Yeah. That's hard. She's handled it. We've been married for 31 years. And, you know, like Bart always said, I never met my kids. The first time I met my kids, I could talk to them. I could have a conversation with them. Yeah. But I owed, I owed. It's off to work I go. You know, I was a million dollars in debts, and I kept taking on bigger debt, cutting boats in half, buying other boats, and, you know, I owe, I owe. It's off to work I go. But it all worked out. Very fortunate. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't change, change it for the world. And the partnerships with Chuck and Bart, Steve Okerlund, Vic Scheibert have been the best, you know. And now I'm one of the old-timers walking down the dock. Aren't you, though? Aren't you though? But still, <laughs> but still running up to the bay. I mean, you oh, still, I love Bristol Bay. I love you. Won't new, let that go. Will you? I love my new gill netter, and uh, that's when I get to see the boys. Yeah, I, I, I would have a tough time. You don't even care what how much fish you're delivering now. You just want to pull up and talk to everybody. 
Hey guys, I got a hundred pounds. Whip up that clown. coffee. Let's yeah, go. Hand me a Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm fortunate to be in that position, aren't I? You are. You are. And I'm and uh, I'm getting old enough and smart enough to realize it. So. Well, and hopefully in ten years, there's other guys like that too. I mean, we've got guys. We got young guys. Uh, Gus Molin, as an example. Yeah. Started super young. He's going to be that guy in thirty years. Right. That has had the whole gambit. Oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. There is some up and comers. I but think, not many. I think Sean on the Brenna A. I really, Dwyer. I yeah. I think that kid's awesome. He's been on here. Yeah, I think Sean's awesome. Um, there's some younger kids. There's 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 a handful. Yeah, you know, but not as many as there used to be. No, no. Yeah, I think young guys should shut up and go to work. Yeah, just close a little bit. Yeah, action is louder than words. That's right. That's right. Make but, it happen. As we end this, though, let's encourage. Uh, to buy wild Alaska seafood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because uh, that store, you know, that, that farm stuff just doesn't work. Not that anybody's it's farming terrible product. crab. But if, if people really knew what it was, they wouldn't eat it. Research it. Just Google it. Just Google, Google it. Google farm versus wild and you'll that know right problem. away you don't You're want to eat it. You're absolutely right. That's a great point. Just Google it. It's yeah. terrible stuff. Because everybody Googles everything now. That's right. Wes Wimmeler, Google it. You'll find out all about it. <laughs> I don't know if it says much. <laughs> There isn't much to say. Yeah. Well, Wes, I thank you a lot for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it's it. It's been kind of cool, huh? Yeah, it's I, been great. Couple of great story. Anything else you want to finish with? No. No. Not not really. Maybe we'll get him back for another episode. Have more fun. You know? Yeah. All right, guys. It's been another installment of Galley Stories uh, with uh, Captain Wes Swimmler. Thanks for having me. Yep. And we will see you guys next time.